0: The boys are back, and as always, we are sponsored by MyBookie.ag. Hey, if you wanted to make a lot of money, you could have bet on Texas to win the game because K-State was favored by five points yesterday. And nowhere where you can do that is MyBookie.ag. If you use promo code CHAIR, you get a 100% deposit match. Up to a thousand dollars, you can bet on all the obscure stuff. Like right now, St. Louis is beating the New York Guardians twelve to three in XFL. If you want to gamble on that, you can do it over at mybookie.ag. Sporting KC is about to kick off their next season. Guess where you can go mybookie.ag and while k-state will not be playing in the ncaa tournament you can enter in for 50 bucks their million dollar bracket battle that's right if you can beat all the degenerates in a battle of brackets you might be walking away with a million bucks over at mybookie.ag use promo code chair for your 100 percent deposit match up to a thousand dollars Uh, do it today grant how are you doing on this sunday seasonably warm sunday
1: i'm doing well um it's kind of a jam-packed sunday lots of errands so you know just just keep on keeping on baby let's do it yeah
0: that's what i like to hear before we get into uh basketball news uh two kind of wolf city games to talk about and a couple things that happened uh, right in our wheelhouse on social media and through the Wichita Eagle. Uh, Before we get into any of that, I do want to talk about something. Um, I I believe the initial news came. uh, I think it might've been Mitch Fortner over at the game on Monday, uh, either this week or the previous week. He had Gene Taylor on. They were talking about facilities because uh, they're getting ready to start on the South End Zone project. So the first bit of news, uh, actually, well, the second bit of news is, hey, they officially uh, broke ground. It was kind of a lame uh, ceremony. They told everyone to stay in their seats at the basketball game for a facility announcement. It was no announcement. Climbing came out there, talked, and they showed a video and showed them uh, putting their shovels in some dirt that they brought in. But the big news that has come out uh, with that, Uh, uh, breaking ground is it sounds like they are going to finally have a, the full stadium distribution sound in place for next football season. And I think at least for me, the bigger news, they're going to have the two new video boards in the South mirroring the North. So having two new HD boards in each corner in place for this upcoming season. I was surprised when I heard that I was saying it was going to be uh, not until 2021 that we got those video boards. Uh, but, Grant, for you, for someone who sits in the northwest corner of the stadium, um, this is massive news for you because it's going to change everything for your you know, stadium-going experience.
1: It's amazing. Um, personally, I mean, I've been bitching about the sound system for probably five years and i know i'm not the only one i know that it's for you you don't have any issue with hearing but you're right next to those you know speakers in the south end zone so for me it's going to be great um i'm just it's amazing what how far the stadiums come in such a short period of time i think that the you know the stadium experience in general is going to be have a big improvement just by adding those two video boards and uh, you know improving the sound system um it's it's great, I'm excited. um I'm really we got one of the one of the best looking stadiums I think in the country, even for its size. um I'm just proud, proud of our boys.
0: Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see those video boards go up. I think uh sometimes I still found myself looking to that south board so it will be nice uh that you know that southeast video board for where I sit might be the one I go to. Uh, most likely, but I, I'm looking forward to it. The one thing I'm gonna say, and uh, this isn't meant to be a slight at uh, Gene Taylor, because John Curry said it himself, um, and I, I think uh, I think it's happened a couple times. I'll believe it when I see it. When it comes to that distributive sound system, uh, you know, I, I think Gene has incorrectly said a couple times, "Oh, it might be in place for next season," only to change the tune, saying, "Oh." We want to make sure, uh, you know, everything's going to be fine when we finish the stadium. I know John Curry made that declaration a couple times. I was just like, all right, I'll believe it when I see it. So I don't want to throw any cold water on it, but uh, I believe in Gene. I don't think he, he would willingly lie to us, but uh, I, I'll believe it when I hear
1: it, I guess I should be saying. Even if we don't get the sound system next year, those two added video boards will pretty – Well, I think they'll go a long way at least. No, I,
0: I, I agree with you very much. Um We will move on from that. There's uh, some two disappointing games to talk about. We're not going to dive too deep into either game. There's some stuff around uh, the orbit of these games that we'll touch on. This won't be a a massively long episode, but we will. uh, I'll tease it a little bit. Grant, I'll let you tease at the end of the show um, what we might be dropping on Thursday for all the boneheads. Um, But the first two two games this week, Wolf City... um, The Texas Tech game, or the Texas game, because I don't even want to touch on it, hardly at all. Uh, It was just shit uh, from the beginning. Um, You know, it was kind of tight, like, the first, you know, eight minutes. um, Got it to within six, and then all of a sudden, we don't score for, like, seven minutes and a half. Um, It's the story of the year. It sucked. Texas Tech, we got close. Um, You know, the... uh, (laughs) You know, of course, uh, Cardi decides to go for the windmill. We'll talk about uh, the other incident, or incident a little bit later, but he goes for the windmill dunk. Uh, <laughs> I respect it. You know, here's the thing I would have loved to have beat Texas Tech. He lays it in. Who knows what happens? But I like the momentum play. I like Cardi staying on brand. I like Cardi. We've said that a million times. He's his own person. Uh, And I I like that he isn't going to change his personality for anything. But, again, he misses the windmill dunk. Moretti comes down, hits a three. Um, First question, were you watching at that point live? Uh, Even if you weren't, uh, what was your thought when you saw it and kind of the reaction before the incident, which we'll talk about later?
1: Hey, I I mean, I was watching, and I'm all for the windmill. I mean, you got to make it, of course, but – you know that basically summed up the entire season in one play. But I mean, my personal opinion is how can you how can you tell a guy how can you tell one of your players you know not to be themselves? That's what we love. That's what we all love about Cardi. You know his exciting flair and his ability for the spectacular play. I died a little bit inside for him when he missed it because um, you know he's embarrassed as hell. He loves K State. He wants to win. You know. <laughs> in the in the big picture, him making that dunk and us beating tech, you know wouldn't have changed shit about the season um it still would have been a terrible season. it would have been what one win out of the last seven um all it did was add embarrassment to the team and him personally, so you know i was i thought I was just sad when i when I saw that and I felt for him. And at the very least, um, it's certainly not the time to use your platform to belittle and chastise your player, you know, who's a student athlete and giving his life to the program. So I think it's, it's unfortunate. It doesn't change a whole lot about the game. Yeah, it was a, a momentum swing, but it literally changes nothing about the season. So it just, it just added insult to injury, really.
0: Yeah, so I wasn't uh, really watching Twitter because I had the game – on my phone, I had some, I had the uh, debate on my big screen, but I I basically was listening to the debate. I was watching the game on the phone without sound. When that happened, my initial thought truly was, okay, a bunch of people are going to crucify this kid on Twitter. Little did I know uh, what had been going on because uh, we'll talk about it later. I was like an hour and a half late to seeing uh, some of these tweets that really set off K-State Twitter for the rest of the week. Um, but, yeah, when I saw that, I just felt for him because, y- you know, and here's the thing, he was having a good game, too. Uh, he was he was playing pretty well outside of uh, the missed shot that led to the initial blow up and then, of course, that windmill that ultimately uh, Bruce had to sit him, which I don't blame Bruce for sitting him, too. Again, you have to have consequences. Uh, you let your players do Uh, You don't know what they want their personality, but at the end of the day, you can't. You have to make decisions for your team when that happens. So I don't blame him uh, for that, but I I agree with you. Uh, You beat Texas Tech, yeah. uh, You know that's another Big Twelve win. You're not going to go winless in the month of February. Maybe you don't have the worst season ever. Uh, As a quote-unquote quality win to go with that uh, West Virginia win. But at the end of the day, does it really change anything? Is anyone really less toxic uh, today on Sunday the 23rd if we win that versus they don't? Um, So I agree with you. In the grand scheme of things, it didn't really mean anything. Something that might in the grand scheme mean something. In that game, both Montavious Murphy and Antonio Gordon – played very well, especially Antonio Gordon. That probably was his best game when you take into account his production and the quality of opponent in that game. Uh, what did you take away from those two uh, freshman bigs in that game? And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll play the same game we played last week. What, if any, hope does that give you uh, for those guys possibly being difference makers on a team that could hopefully maybe get back to postseason play next year?
1: Honestly, that those freshmen watching the freshmen is, and this is grim, but it's the only real reason to be tuning into the season at this point. Uh, we've talked about it before. That's all we can hope for development and experience uh, for these freshmen. Um, I think it's crucial for them to get these, you know, the valuable game time right now because there's going to be immense pressure and expectations put on the incoming class next season to make an immediate impact. And frankly, they might have to, because, I mean, let's take a quick run through the roster, what we're losing. So we're losing Snead, Maywean, and Macatina graduation. Snead, obviously huge contributor. And for what you guys, for what people think about Maywean, he's going to be a loss, no doubt about it. Uh, he's frustrating, inconsistent, but he is a presence on the team and he's going to be a loss. Uh, In
0: defense of Mac, he played really well versus Texas. Uh, granted, if he wouldn't have had some maddening misses, he might have had 30 points yesterday. He he had a yeah. very good game versus Texas. Double-double. So losing Mac 100% is going to be a loss, and I'm at the front of the line of people who are frustrated with McCall Maywean, um, but it's going to be a drop-off. You're 100% correct.
1: McAtee, obviously not a loss. Um, and let's say hypothetically that we lose Cardi. Let's say he goes pro. I, I
0: think I and I think we can stop saying hypothetically. We've been kind of hinting <laughs> at this for a long time, and nothing from the Texas Tech game changes it. But I think folks are now just openly saying uh, he's not going to be coming back. I think the only people who aren't saying it is, you know, Bruce and Cardi. So I, I don't even think we need to say hypothetically.
1: Okay. Uh, so. Well, let's say. I mean, but
0: you can. You can. We'll you keep can. Just a bit of
1: hypothetical that. brackets. Um, we'll say hypothetically love transfers. I mean, I think the writing's on the wall there. Um, and hell, maybe even Shad, too. I mean, I don't know if he's going to transfer, but he's, you know, contributed nothing to us in his time here. That's nothing against him. It's just reality. So that leaves us with Mike McGurl, David Sloan, Levi Stockard, and Casey Eziagu. Um, Mike Mike McGurl, I'd say he's average to good. David Sloan, I'd say average to solid, whatever that means. And then Stockard, you know, he's average to below average, and Isiagu is a complete unknown. So it does not leave a whole lot to be desired coming into next season, and it does put an incredible amount of pressure on the guys coming in. So this experience and um, incremental positive Uh, performances and steps forward for these freshmen are going to be huge. I hope they can get a lot out of these next few games.
0: Yeah, I don't think anything you said is wrong, and I think you're probably even being a little too optimistic with your ratings for guys like Mike McGurl. Um, He's just not shown any of the consistency. He has one good game, and then he's, like, anonymous for four games. Um, And then David Sloan, he – the the one thing I hope most for David Sloan in the final four games and uh, in this off season is knowing that he doesn't have to hit the sports center pass every time he want. He loves nothing more than trying to do the bounce pass in traffic to a big uh, in transition. And that's paid off one out of like 25 attempts. Yeah. And I, I, and again I, I, I have come around quite a bit on the kid I think I think he's going to end up being one of our go-to scoring options next year which is a little scary but he needs to he needs to figure out when it is and isn't the right time to try to do those you know split seven defenders in a bounce pass because uh, he, he turned the ball over three different times just doing that pass yesterday. So I'm I'm hoping he he comes to that uh realization because he is going to be super important next year. So um
1: but um Go ahead. I mean I just would say so far from what we've seen from him, like his best I would say is solid, but for the most part, both of those guards are just average.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think the most you could hope for is them
1: and to be seen, average over the yeah. course
0: of a, you know, 30-game schedule.
1: We've seen Mikey McGurl be good, but, you know, his baseline is just, it's just average, unfortunately. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't desi- leave much to be desired, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're none of that is wrong. Um, the one thing I will, again, add, and this is kind of the story with the freshmen, so, Antonio Gordon, Montavious Murphy have, the, have that good game versus Texas Tech. Then Montavius Murphy at, re-aggravates a knee injury, can't go versus uh, Texas. Antonio Gordon plays close to 30 minutes, tries hard, he's going hard, but just doesn't have that scoring potential. And then Dejuan Gordon, who I think ended up with five versus Texas Tech, but was for the most part unconsequential in that game, uh, is anonymous in the first half and then gets seven in the second half and shows a lot of heart when he's doing it. Again, the thing that I'm holding out hope. And again, I think, I think there's a lot of fair criticism uh, using this line of thinking because it is hope. Uh, and There isn't enough tangible evidence to go off of, but all three of those freshmen and David Sloan have dealt with a, uh, relatively serious and or nagging injury throughout the season. Antonio Gordon missed a handful of games early in the season, but plus he had a suspension. Montavious Murphy, this is now, now the second time he's missed a chunk of games uh, due to a nagging injury. De'Juan Gordon's been dealing with a uh, knee that's been bothering him close to the entire season. David Sloan wasn't able to do anything in the offseason because he was coming back from his wrist. I think that in this next off season and if they take that foreign trip is going to mean the world for those newcomers because they're finally going to be able to go through an entire off season program, strength and conditioning, install, et cetera, Hopefully relatively healthy, where none of them were in this last off season. Am I grasping at straws there no, or do you think, I think that's, that's a, good a valid
1: call out? It's a good point. I mean, on top of you know, they're already as freshmen. Unless you're like a superstar, you're going to be dealing with playing inconsistently and being in and out of you know the injury room makes makes it much more difficult to to be consistent and find find some regularity to your playing time. So I think that's a great point. Um, having that off season to to get some strength and get some just I mean I've said it a thousand times. I feel like consistency. Will, will definitely be helpful. I think that's a good point.
0: Yeah, so we will move on from that again. We're not going to do too much of a deep dive into either games. I don't think that that's very fruitful. But um, K-State Twitter now, I think after that Texas game, and I think because Texas is mediocre if you're being nice to Texas, and it was just an embarrassing loss, I think, uh, I think that's what's really brought it to a head. I think Twitter, message boards, Even in the stands at Bramlage, you can feel it. It's it's definitely at the worst part, worst it's been all season. And I do think we are now dangerously close to being to that toxicity level, um, you know, of 2017. Um, What is your take on that? Um, Do you think I'm over-exaggerating where the fan base is currently and where does the basketball program, where do the fans, where does Bruce, where does Gene go from here?
1: We're 9-18, and 18, so I don't think you're over-exaggerating. Um, people are not happy. But personally, um, I'm nowhere near uh, calling for the sacking of Bruce Weber. I think – and this is you know, this is all my opinion. I think you have to give a slight leash to, you know, the guy that has given you an elite eight and a big twelve title in the previous two years. And that's not to say that he should not be questioned. Um, you know, he's not immune to criticism. You know, it's you know, similar to the Snyder in his final years. Just because he's given us great things does not mean he should not be questioned. Um but with Bruce, I think he's proven, you know, he can rebuild a roster, he's proven he can win trophies in this league, which is ultimately what the game is about it's about trophies it's about glory and he's gotten more of that than any other coach in our lifetimes so i personally think you know you have to take that into account he's he's got a great class coming in the grass is not always greener on the other side i think you just kind of have to look at the big picture right now does that excuse this abominable season hell no um you know, I think fans have every right to, to be holding Bruce's feet to the fire and to be pissed off and to expect more. I mean, this has been an excruciating season. Um, I just think calling for him to be fired right now is a little bit naive and a little bit reactionary. Um, I would just call for people to kind of look at the big picture, see what he's got coming in, trust his ability and trust his assistant's abilities to kind of get us back to where – we believe because he's done it. He's, he's rebuilt us from the ashes before, and, you know, of course we don't want to be in the ashes, but it is what it is. I'm not going to tell people how to support the team and, you know, how to use their energy, but, you know, I'm just not there yet. Where are you?
0: Yeah, and I think if people who have been listening to this podcast throughout the entire year, they will hear a change in our demeanor uh, when it comes to this question Again, I'm not calling for Bruce to be fired. And let's just call a spade a spade. There is zero, zero chance he's going to be fired this season. So I think that there is a little, I think there is something to be said when it comes to being, and again, I'm not telling you how to be a fan, but what I am, what what I will say is I think some folks may be better off instead of uh, just saying, oh, he he needs to be fired. There's no way back from this, and being so absolutist to it. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but you're spending emotional energy on something that there is zero chance of happening. I can get all worked up, hopefully, hoping Natalie Portman's going to leave her wife for me. Uh, I could spend all my emotional or er, husband, sorry, Natalie uh, Portman's gay. <laughs> no, I am sorry, her husband <laughs> for me. I I can I can get all worked up and you know, declare my love and say, oh, this is the only way forward. But it's not going to happen. So you can look for – you can try to look for feasible uh, options to move forward. You can try to find, hey, this is where I think there is hope. This is where I don't think there is hope. And you can start laying out what you expect to see and what you hope to see next season. I don't think it does anyone any, you know, good – to just be making these grand declarations. But again, uh, Bruce has kind of, not kind of, this is going to be the worst season ever. You, You don't get to not, you don't get to say, hey, fans shouldn't be critical of me. When you have this type of season, I wish it wasn't, I wish, I wish we were about to go to the NIT, so I could, you know, be the cock of the walk coming on here, telling people to relax. We're going to postseason play all that type of stuff, but we're not. So I, you can't in good faith, tell people to not be angry in that they're wrong for calling for his head. What I am saying is it's not going to happen. And I think it'd be healthier to find different outlets for your frustration. Uh, So that's where I'm at, but I agree with you. Uh, he's going to get at lease next year. If you're not even sniffing the NIT, if you're not – if you have no hope next year, then all of a sudden, hey, it's time to have the conversation. It's probably time to look at moving on. Uh, but I, I just think that's a wasted conversation for anyone to be having. But, again, people can have those conversations. When I see it on Twitter, when I see it on message boards, I stay out of it because, you know, people are frustrated. They can do what they want. I just think that there's – better use of emotion when it comes to this type of stuff. Um, So I I will say this uh, before we move on. um, We are going to have a massive roster turnover. There isn't enough true evidence to point to it and say, hey, we're going to be better in the expectation. Uh, A realistic expectation should be getting back to the NCAA tournament next year. Do you think, and this is something that I've tried to hold on to, how much can you try to chalk up to momentum, learning to win and all that type of stuff? Do you think it is as simple as losers lose and winners win? Or do you think a bounce here or there uh, earlier in a schedule can propel a roster to maybe find a win in the jaws of defeat or hold on to a win and not blow it and then change the narrative around the season? Or do you think that, Hey, we just got to bank on hoping for exponential growth from the players coming in.
1: An interesting question. Cause I do feel like there is some validity to, you know, learning how to win um, early on in the season, you know, we had a slightly tougher uh, non-con schedule than we're used to. And I, I mean, I certainly think that those were all winnable games, but yeah, I, it's a good thing it's it's an interesting thing to think about because if if two of those games go our way, you know, does that create some sort of chain reaction to where you know, we start to click a little bit better, people's confidence gets a little higher, um, you know, people are just happier. I I don't know. That's a good question and I'd be interested honestly to hear what you have to say about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I'm choosing to because again, I uh, I don't know what it is. I think I think going to that Elite Eight fundamentally changed the way I'm a fan of this basketball team. And I've decided, honestly, just to try to be more optimistic going forward. And maybe, maybe I had completely missed the boat. Maybe I should have been more optimistic before that and less optimistic after. Um, but in my view of trying to find the glass half full uh, world, it's... Hey, you, you, if, what, what happens if you find a way to beat Pitt, you know? And uh, all of a sudden right. you you win the that stupid tournament they're in. Then all of a sudden, maybe they have a little b- a bit of belief when uh, you know things look nasty or turn bad when you're playing up in whoever Mississippi State in New Jersey. All of a sudden, you find a way to hold on, and then all of a sudden when St. Louis builds up this lead, you know, a shot goes down and they're like, hey, we've been here before, we can get this win. Then you get that win in Kansas City. I don't know, but that's what I want to believe. There's no way to do it. I don't have a time machine. I don't get to play the, you know, butterfly effect or any of that type of stuff. Um, That's not how the world works. But as someone who's trying to find reasons to be optimistic, that's what I'm going to believe. And I'm going to believe that hopefully next year, uh, whether it's via a easier schedule, whether it's, you know, just finding a way to hold on and one of those 50-50 toss ups in the final minutes of the game um, that we find those wins in the non-con and it parlays into confidence that parlays into a 50-50 win early in Big 12 play and then, hey, this team knows how to win and they figure it out. That's what I'm going to believe um, hopefully it plays out that way but maybe it won't I, I again I have nothing but hope and belief in that there I don't have a stat that I can point to I think and- there is
1: some legitimacy to that though I mean winning winning is addicting man and it creates a different culture when you're in those 50-50 games you know you have that belief that you know you can carry it across the finish line because you've done it before when you just keep losing those fucking games it's just like oh here we go again and that's kind of what's happened with our season. It's just kind of snowballed into shit.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously see what happens. Uh, and, you know, God willing, basketball, God willing, Gene Katie, willing, Jack Artman willing, uh, we, we get some surprises next year, but we will move on from that. And we'll move into honestly, where I think this podcast <laughs> thrives. I think, Uh, I I think we have brands. I think we have topics. I think there are things that we can stand for. And one of those things is obscure non-conference recollection of facts and articles and hating Wichita state. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So uh, here's how this all started. And of course, uh, Wichita state, they do what they do best. And that's when, uh, Either KSA or KU are having a season that isn't quite up to to snuff, up to par. They start running their mouth in uh, proxy battles and through the media. So uh, their AD, Boatwright, I think is what his name is. I saw a picture of him. He looks like, honestly, the biggest nerd in the world. I want to give him a swirly. Uh, He went to the Wichita Eagle and was piping out, uh, saying that, oh, uh, we wish we could play K-State, and KU thinks they have their reasons, and I don't really agree with those, but at least they seem valid. I don't know why K-State wouldn't play us. We'll play them any place, anywhere, home for home. Uh, we'll even start in Bramlett, just running his mouth like a fucking tool. Uh, and then at least I'll give the Wichita Eagle credit, because it wasn't even Cal's Robinette. It was the Wichita State beat rider who contacts gene taylor and gene taylor's like hey we came close to trying to schedule something with them the past two off seasons but they were the ones who backed out that's not an exact quote he it, it was actually funnier. i think it was something along the lines of i thought we were close and well um well it didn't work out indicating that hey it was wichita state who started dragging their feet Uh, I then, instead of, you know, taking a lunch break and, you know, actually decompressing from work or anything like that, I then just found all the fucking articles uh, that had all the Wichita State, K-State quotes. I found stuff, basically, as long as Gene Taylor's been around, he's been offering up either a home-and-home Bramlage and Coke Arena. He's offered up a one-off in sprint center. He's offered up a one-two-three Uh, home-home sprint center. He's offered up all sorts of different stuff, stuff that involves interest bank, home-and-home arenas, all this type of stuff, and he's even even been nicer than John Curry. John Curry, even back when they were in the Missouri Valley, some shit little small conference offered two-for-ones, offered uh, you know, uh, one game in Entrust, one game in Bramlage, offered him all this type of stuff. Frank Martin was in the media talking about how he would have liked to get a series going. Then, of course, it was Greg Marshall ran his mouth in the media talking about fake scrimmages and that pissed off Frank. And then Frank's like, no, we're done. So the moral of the story w- when it comes to this is Wichita State are a bunch of fucking internet gangsters who love... To run their mouths when they think that they're superior, but they have no interest in actually playing unless you do everything the way they say it. And I hope and pray Bruce Weber and Gene Taylor never give those bastards any sort of win and play them. There is no reason to play them. The only reason they even act like they want to play K-State right now is because we're down on our luck. They had their chance back when we had our best teams ever. They had their chance even when they were on their come-up back when Frank was around. And guess what? Unless you're not going to do everything the way they say it, they're going to say no, and then go to the media and try to act like it's a K-State problem when it's a Wichita State problem. I want nothing in the world more than to stay away from Wichita State and never give them the satisfaction. That's where I'm at. Where are you at when it comes to this, you know, internet proxy war, journalist rivalry? Wichita State is trying to drum (laughs) up through the media.
1: Well, I don't think there's a whole lot I can even add because you just basically covered every single base. And this is definitely more in your wheelhouse than it is mine. But I just think the posturing is kind of laughable. I mean, I. truly don't understand it it's never going to be a perfect storm it's one game a year like who fucking cares just play it if play it if you want to but like the fact that they're saying that now with all of this um evidence out there and everybody knows that we've been trying to we've been offering to play them for the past like decade so i don't i mean i don't know where they're coming off or who the fuck they think they are thinking that they're just gonna like slide that out there and People are going to believe it, but uh, yeah, they're, they're ridiculous. I'm fine with never playing them because who cares about them?
0: Yeah. I, I get frustrated when I see it. I, I get frustrated when I see some K-State fans uh, go on their own rants about saying we want to play them. And again, I understand it. in a perfect world in a vacuum playing the other interstate team in a non-conference schedule that some fans Uh, don't like. I I understand and see what the appeal would be, but things don't happen in a vacuum. There are things that go along with it. And I think a athletic department where K-State is who we are as a department, who we are as a basketball program, you don't give in to folks pestering like that. That I mean, that's just like, you know, There isn't even a real-world example of it. It, I'm sure there is. I'm sure I'm just not a smart enough person to call on different stuff. But it's these folks baiting you into a fight and making sure, hey, if you don't play exactly by our rules, we're going to take our ball away and it's your fault. I, I I, I get so worked up when I see them do this stupid charade every two, three years. And then see K State fans be like, "Oh yeah, well fuck Gene Taylor and Bruce Weber for not playing." I'm like, I I just seriously question if people follow this saga and if if it's even worth getting worked up. And I yeah I, well, don't. <laughs> I Yeah, I, 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 I get worked up. And it is what it is. Uh, we will move on and talk just briefly. Uh, eventually, K State will have to put together a non conference schedule. Um, what do you hope it looks like next year? I, I kind of brought up how I, I hope it looks like next year. I, I want to see outside of the contract games with the SEC and Big East and the uh, non-conference tournament. I don't want to see any tough games. I want to build up, you know, those 10 wins of Great. easy teams and Bramlage. Uh, would you even, even if, which i say, said, hey, we'll play in Bramlage. Sorry for being a dickhead through the media. Hey, Grant, can you uh, convince them to start a two-year series with us? Uh, Would you even want that type of game on the schedule next year?
1: No, I want to play only high school teams. I want (laughs) 15 wins before we play anyone even remotely good. Build that confidence back up, baby. All right,
0: I agree with you. And then we will move on to the final thing. And again, very on topic. Um, And I think this is a little bit more in your wheelhouse, but I'm not going to pretend that I don't love this one just as much as you are. Um, something that us as a podcast, I I think we've, we've gone through different periods of time where we have tried not to call out uh, different entities by name or journalists by names if we're being critical of it. I've even edited out stuff where I thought, hey, I crossed the line on the podcast, but this is not going to be one of those times. So, I hinted at it earlier in the podcast. The initial event with Cardi Jada that set things off in that Texas Tech game was the, uh, you know, verbal sparring back and forth between Bruce and Cardi after he missed a shot instead of making a pass in that Texas Tech game. Um, there was a Riley Gates of Go Powercat tweet that really rubbed me the wrong way in some subsequent Uh, Replies even chapped me more. Uh, He tweeted out uh, that Cartier Jada was a cancer and said that he should be immediately kicked off the team. Um, That was the first thing that set me off uh, because I I think, you know, the way you say stuff as a self proclaimed journalist on Twitter matters, and calling a student athlete a cancer and calling for him to be immediately expelled from a team. Uh, where you're a scholarship athlete, and that has a lot of factors outside of just playing games attached to it. Um, the fact that a, like I said, a self proclaimed journalist would make that statement on Twitter really rubbed me the wrong way. And then, on top of that, you start reading some of the replies that started happening. Um, he then doubled down saying it was his job, his job to call him a cancer and say that he should be kicked off the team. He said that the reason he didn't is because he's not paid and it's not his job to pump sunshine. And then he continued the false narrative, even though he was proved false saying that Cartier Jada cussed at Bruce and called Bruce a bitch and continued on down that path. And then his boss Tim Fitzgerald retweeted him, empowered him, agreed with him. And then they went to their podcast, even 12 hours after, after everyone had acknowledged, said, and come out and said, Bruce did not cuss, uh, or Cardi did not cuss at Bruce. uh, And they continued to double down on it, saying that's true. And then saying anyone who didn't think Cardi was a cancer is a journalist or fan with a agenda, and I, that all set me off. Anyone who wants to see what I was saying, I, I put it on Twitter and I, I tagged them in it and I didn't go behind a paywall and hide from everyone. I didn't then completely uh, hide from stuff, not reply to things once I started getting called out and make jokes where other people can't see it. Um, so I, I just think it is very interesting in this world where you have a an entity that attacks others uh, and says, we are real journalists. Oh, we're not just stupid fans on a podcast. And a da- an exact quote from that entity behind their paywall. Uh, they criticize K-State Online for not being real journalists. So a, a group of people who does that and then goes about their quote-unquote business saying it's their job like that on Twitter, that deserves... Uh, people to call them out for the hypocrisy and, you know, disgusting acts that they are. And I think that uh, it's time for their peers in the quote-unquote media game to stop giving them a platform. We have friends who do this for a living who do work with them. They go on their podcast. They interact with them. I think that it's time you stop doing that type of stuff if you truly mean what you say uh, behind closed doors. It's time that Uh, People in the media world, it's time that K-State doesn't accept that there are these folks who think it is their job to call people a cancer, saying they should be immediately kicked off a team, and then flat out lies and doubles down on lies uh, about stuff that they weren't even there to see. So those are my thoughts on it. Uh, Grant, what was your take when you saw these tweets? What are your thoughts on uh, quote-unquote journalists thinking it is their job to perpetuate uh, false narratives, slander players, and use language such as calling a 21-year-old kid who's going to graduate with a degree at cancer to the program?
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> Where do we begin? I mean, full disclosure, I did not listen to their podcast. Um, I did not want to give them a listen, and I truly cannot stomach Riley's bitch-ass voice and stupid opinions. I haven't listened to their podcast in – several years because they're just bad but you know I don't have a huge rant to put out there at the moment because um, everybody kind of already knows how we feel but it's just pathetic I mean go powercat it's a terrible organization filled with you know bad faith people and genuinely lousy journalists um, you know if you're gonna call yourself a fucking journalist at least act like it I mean he just comes off as like a knee-jerk pouting fan because his team is losing so he's gonna tweet, he might as well I mean he might as well have just tweet it directly at Cardi at this point. Um tweeting that a player needs to be removed from a team. Can you imagine can you imagine anyone from KSO doing that or and I know that we obviously are tight with KSO because they're the best, but let's use someone else, for example, Kellis or Kurtz or Austin Meek, whatever the fuck, I don't even know who the CJ Online beat writer for us anymore is, but they would never do that because they're not completely stupid. I mean it's just a person it's just a person putting their opinion out there because they're selfish and they want to make it about them and i think you put it you put it well i mean they're grifters they're perpetuating false narratives because they're failures and they need the clicks i think that's genuinely what it is they're 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 people with bad character and they're failing they're failures so i think they're doing what they have to now to try to get traffic to their site and traffic to their podcast because they fucking suck at their job
0: Well, and here's the other thing. He then makes a very massive scene. Yeah. Well, he didn't really walk it back. He makes a big scene about not walking back the, the the wording, and then he says, "Oh." The next time there's a press conference, I'm going to ask about it. And then what does he do? He doesn't do anything in the press conference. He shies away from the mic. He makes he he tries to act tough when people call him on it. Then he doesn't do anything. Here's the thing. If you want to act like that on Twitter, that is fine. If you want to call yourself a fan and say, oh, I'm just an opinion guy, I'm not a journalist, that's cool. That's what we do. We make jokes about, oh, Oh yeah, we're, we're journalists. We aren't journalists. We're two fans who got a weird, stupid app, like close to two years ago now started making podcasts. And guess what? Because folks sit, I guess like what we do, we've been able to interview some cool people and guess what? We tricked the big 12 into letting us come to football media days. We don't pretend we're, we're journalists. We have it in our bio that we're a podcast for fans by fans and we still hold up more integrity when it comes to talking about college athletes than these clowns who have been
1: doing it for 30 years. Hey, and if you think I'm not ashamed of being a 28-year-old white white male with a podcast in America, then you're wrong because I am ashamed <laughs> of it. But I, you know, at least if I'm going to put my voice out there, I'm not going to I'm going to try my absolute best to have some integrity. And if I'm going to talk about fucking student at like are students, man, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand how anyone could like send that type of negative energy or vitriol about like student athletes, guys that are in their early twenties that are giving literally their lives to the university. Like they're giving, putting everything online. The dude has a fucking ema tattoo on his bicep. And then he comes out the next day and apologizes in the morning and says, you know, I sets the record straight, but, like, the fact that he has more gall to come out and do that and put himself out there, like, these fucking journalists, they're as bad as, like, they're as bad as, like, couch coaches just sitting on the couch and yelling at their TV, and I think that they accomplished what they wanted to, though. I think that genuine grifters, like, they're putting, they're making noise so that they can get attention because they are bad at their jobs. I mean, honest to God, what do they do? What did they do? I
0: I don't know. And and, and it really is crazy because they have made – they've taken shots at other journalists who do stuff for uh, talk radio. They've taken shots at folks who write for newspapers. They've taken – countless shots at k-state online they've i people have sent me sent me screenshots from their message boards where they've talked shit on us and i'm sure and i'm sure they will again it, or they'll play I the whole we, well and it, or, or they'll they'll play the whole we don't even know what what those guys are when riley's gone out of his way to
1: <laughs>
0: to call us roscoe's boys and all this type of stuff like it, it's whatever i i don't care because guess what we're not journalists we're, we don't try to hold ourselves up above anyone based on our standards. I've said stupid shit on Twitter a, a million times and I don't try to hide from it, but also it's not my job. And when people call me on my stupid shit, I'm usually like, uh, yeah, you're probably right. I don't double down. It's like, no, this is what I'm paid to do. It, it, it's exactly. insane. And, and also guess what? I'm 28. I think we do a pretty damn good job of being emotional fans who don't, Single out student athletes. And if we do, we keep it to stuff on the field. We're not calling for people to be kicked off. If, if freaking. You know, Sammy Wheeler drops a pass next year, I'm not going to go on Twitter and say, oh, Sammy Wheeler needs to be cut from the football team. And no, I wouldn't do that. And guess what? Sammy Wheeler's going to be awesome next year, so it won't matter. But that, that's not what we do. We're critical. I've said I've said all sorts of stuff about McCall Maywean, but guess what? I own up to it when I'm proven wrong. When people say, hey, Scott, have you thought about this? We're like, no, I didn't think about his ball switching defense. I'm sorry. And then countless times last year when he'd come around and and have a great game, I'd be like, oh, man, I, I definitely was too hard on him. Good on Mac. And guess what? When we sat down with Bruce Weber, we said to his face that we said all this stupid stuff on Twitter back when we were 24. It, it, we own up to it. And we don't even have to. Again, we're irrational fans, and we still try to hold ourselves to a higher standard than this guy who shouts out his journalistic accreditations in his Twitter profile. I have a damn Enrique Iglesias song in my Twitter profile.
1: God. Okay. Look, the yeah. reality is and this is the last thing I will say about it. Because honestly, I'm glad it's great. I'm glad we've opened up the door. I'm glad we went nuclear. It's fun. Um but the reality is at this point, I think those guys are pretty well known within the K State community as being on a downward trajectory and it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, stuff like that isn't going to gain them subscribers, uh to to save their shitty community. Um, you know, there are better journalists out there uh, that cover K-State that are doing an outstanding job, and they, they're they everywhere. And hell, you know what? I'll say it. We are a fan podcast that does this completely in our spare time, um, and we have put out more valuable shit than they have in the last two years. I'll say it. They suck. I mean, whatever. I'm ready to be their reckoning.
0: Yeah, and, and guess what? We're we're not gonna run from it. We're on Twitter. They can add us. We're not going to go behind a paywall and say and. Run our mouths. If they if they want to tweet at us, go ahead. If you guys want to come on our podcast and defend yourself, you let me know. We'll make it happen this off season. We have you know fifty two shows between now and football season. That might be a bit of an exaggeration. I haven't made the off season schedule yet. But guess what? If if you want to come on the show, if you want to try to defend yourself, if you want to talk about this, you're more than free. We're not going to hide away from it. You know our Twitter handles. Uh, Or you can ignore it. It's fine. We'll probably go. We'll probably go another year and a half without doing this. And probably six months from now, if I'll I'll run my mouth and guess what, I'll probably edit it out again because I don't think it's our spot. But guess what? If you're going to go on a five day campaign against a student athlete and and also here's the funniest thing, Chester Frazier. Reaches out to Go Powercat to say, "Hey, this is what was said." He definitely didn't call him a bitch. What does Go Cat do? They say, "Oh, okay." To Chester Frazier's face, and then go on a podcast that Chester's not going to listen to and trash a former basketball coach. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I think that
1: Go Cat is very good at it's saying one thing to their face and then doing the complete opposite later to benefit them. Yeah, I, it, they, they do what like they their do. MO. That is their mo, but you know what? I think that's uh, <laughs> that's enough. Of we'll i't know where we stand. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I just I just had to get it off my chest, especially since just last week I thought I crossed a line, edited something out because uh, I I thought I crossed a line, uh, you know, calling them by name and saying that they weren't good at what they do. But you know what? Not not this week. Not this week. Uh, next week, you know, a month from now, I'm probably done with it, but it is what it is. But we're going to move on finally. Um, Grant, why don't you give a little bit of a tease? We are, as folks notoriously know, we are done doing instant reaction for this basketball season. It will come back next Big 12 season, at least until shit hits the fan again. Hopefully it doesn't, but maybe it will. I don't know. But we're going to drop a special episode on Thursday that will have been up for our premiums uh subscribers over at patreon for a full week why don't you let the uh, listeners know what to look forward to on thursday if they're still listening
1: oh i bet they are i bet they are they just got through the best part of the show so um so producer a b over at ain't no seats podcast is basically our sister podcast i would say um in a way um they're the ku podcast in the armchair media network and they do a really good job i think they're probably the biggest ku podcast that i know about. so we had uh, basically got on AB for like our third segment, ended up running twice as long as we meant to go, um, talked for about an hour, just about all sorts of K-State KU stuff, history of the rivalry, history of you know his fandom, how he kind of got to where he is, and um, it's fun. It's just a good comber- free-flowing conversation over some beers about uh, the Sunflower Showdown, so I think it's worth a listen.
0: All right, that sounds good to me. I still haven't listened to it, so... Boneheads, when you're listening to it on Thursday, I will be doing the exact same. So that's all we got. As always, uh, if you guys agree with uh, anything we said, uh, we're not going to, we'd love to talk to you about it. If you disagree, we're not going to hide from it. Feel free to tweet at us. We'll have a conversation on Twitter. You can sign into the DMs, all that type of stuff. Uh, you know, if, if you didn't know, at Bosco's Boys, no spaces or punctuation. On Twitter, uh, that's Grant underscore KSU. I'm Scott Wildcat, no spaces. Um, we're not going to hide from anything, so if you want to chat about things, let us know. Um, if you disagree with us, we'll we'll, we'll banter on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, we love you guys. I know it's been a crazy uh, down basketball season, but uh, you know what? That's the life of a sports fan. Shit happens. Uh, Grant, any closing words before uh, you give your catchphrase when we get out of here?
1: um I don't think so meet me at the cathead
0: Podcast Network.